The Northmen came first. They landed their boats on the shores of a place that would someday be called America. They sailed from the west coast of Greenland to explore the newly discovered land that promised the fabulous riches of game in the forests, fish in the waters, timber in the woods, and pasture land for cattle. And they found what they were seeking. But they also found violence, bloodshed, and murder. There were others in the New World before the Northmen. The First Nations people inhabited the land, living in peace with it, knowing that it couldn't be conquered. But the Northmen were used to taking what they wanted, and the Skralings, or the Wretched People, as the Vikings called them, were regarded as nothing more than a nuisance. The Northmen had iron weapons and tools, but their weapons were not enough. They found the so-called New Land to be an ancient place, filled with mystery and brutal violence. It was a land of horror, hauntings, and the magic of old gods unlike those who waited in Valhalla. The Northmen were unprepared for what lurked in the darkness and in the woods. When they came face to face with such terror, they sought ways to subdue and tame the darkness, but neither the Skralings nor the darkness were easily tamed. They sought to conquer and break the land only to be broken themselves, wiped out by warfare, starvation, and disease, and the Northmen fled. And the new land was silent for centuries to come until more of the pale settlers began to arrive. They brought with them more weapons, more violence, more death, and a new religion that dared to challenge the old gods of the land. But the new arrivals also found that the land was not easily claimed nor conquered. Dark things lurked in the forests and in the fields. People vanished, and the isolation, loneliness, and despair led to horrific acts that have become legendary in the years that have followed. Stories of curses, witchcraft, and the devil wreaked havoc in small towns across the land. Hysteria ensued, causing death, terror, and destruction, as those who controlled the people using the new religion tried to drive back the darkness the darkness took other forms and waited for its chance to return, hiding in the hills and the hollows and within the darkest corners of the forests. And then came war. As the people of the American colonies tried to free themselves from the tyranny of the crown, a momentous event occurred on May 19, 1780. Those of the new religion who worshipped the new God believed it was a sign that the end of the world was coming. The darkness, the rebellion, and the wickedness of the people had caused their God to punish those who refused to serve him. Those who did, it seemed, would become martyrs to this righteous cause. The people of America were doomed. Welcome to American Hauntings, the podcast dedicated to the history, hauntings, and the dark side of American history. And welcome to our new season, Woods and Fields, Dark and Wicked, which is hosted and produced by Cody Beck and written and performed by Troy Taylor. That's me. We have a long road ahead of us this season, traveling to America's forests, farms, and fields with tales of witchcraft and hexes, 
cults and curses, calamities and cannibalism, massacres and mysterious disappearances, and more magic, mayhem, sinners, and spirits than we've ever offered before, including this entry, which we call The Dark Day of Signs and Wonders. The spring of 1780 was a time of great relief to the people of New England. Winter was finally over. The spring had brought mild temperatures after a particularly brutal season, which one writer called the most hard and difficult winter that was ever known by any person living. There had been deep snow and severe cold with widespread suffering everywhere, from Massachusetts south to Georgia, west to Detroit, and south to New Orleans. The harbors in Boston and New York had frozen solid. Travel ceased, social interaction was non-existent, and shipping was halted. Even the Revolutionary War had come to a stop. When the land finally began to thaw in early March, many bridges were damaged by the ice flows, but people were so happy to have warmer weather, they didn't care. They simply rebuilt them. And then came the dark day. In the days that came before it, people all over New England noticed that the sky was cloudy and murky at dawn. The sun had a pinkish hue to it at midday, and the sunsets had turned copper. John Greenleaf Whittier later dubbed the evening sky the twilight of the gods. In Weston, Massachusetts, Samuel Phillips Savage remarked that there was a remarkable thick air and that the sun rises and sets very red. The evening's moon also gave off a pink reflection. Just a little past nine on the morning of May 19th, Reverend Thomas Savage noted that there came an appearance over the whole visible heavens, a light brassy hue, nearly the color of pale cider. By 10 a.m., the sky had turned completely dark. Night had fallen over the land. Birds fell silent. Crickets chirped. Cows returned to their stalls and chickens to their roosts. Every farmer, schoolboy, fisherman, servant, blacksmith, clergyman, and laborer looked upward for the missing sun and gasped at the sudden loss of all light. A deep shadow had fallen over the region, and as one writer stated, everything bore the appearance and gloom of night. Noon meals were served by candlelight. No work could be done in any house without artificial lighting. It was nighttime, and yet there was no moon. Samuel Savage of Weston could not read his watch, even as he stood by the window. His neighbor was forced to quit spreading manure in his field as he was no longer able to discern the difference between the ground and the dung. At Sudbury, Massachusetts, experienced Richardson remarked that it was so terrible dark that we could not see our hand before us. In Connecticut, the legislature adjourned after looking out the chamber windows and then hurried home to their families. The members of the Council of Safety lobbied Senator Abraham Davenport to do the same, as the day of judgment may be very well at hand, but he reportedly said, the day of judgment is either approaching or it is not. If it is not, there is no cause for an adjournment. If it is, I choose to be found doing my duty and wish, therefore, that candles may be brought. 
Lawyer William Pension of Salem, Massachusetts recorded that most people scurried about with melancholy and fear. Everyone, that is, except for the sailors who went hallooing and frolicking throughout the streets and shouted lewd remarks at women as they drunkenly tried to entice them to remove their clothing. If the world really was ending, they hoped to go out in the best way possible. But others took things much more seriously. In Salem, the Reverend Nathaniel Whitaker thundered that the dark day was a rebuke from the Almighty for the sins of the congregation. Some wrung their hands and listened for the sound of trumpets announcing Judgment Day. A man named Isaac Bates wrote, I was going to a neighbor's house in company with a young man, and as we passed several houses, the people were out wringing their hands and howling that the day of judgment had come. This made the young man look pale. I made light of it as I could, but it felt awful. The young man had every reason to be worried if he believed even a little of what those who felt that doom was coming were crying in the streets. They pointed to biblical passages that foretold sudden darkness and attributed the phenomenon in the skies to divine retribution and, of course, the Lord's Day of Judgment. Most, though, believed the second coming was at hand and that surely the end was nigh. A warning had come just 25 years earlier when zealots believed the sixth seal of the book of Revelation had been opened. A biblical verse read, I beheld when he'd opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake. The verses immediately preceding this described the days of persecution for the saints of God and the era of protest and reform that cut short a time of tribulation. The preachers of the new religion stated that signs of Christ's second coming would begin to appear just after this tribulation and were quick to point out it would begin with an earthquake, like the one that happened on November 1st, 1855 in Lisbon. Though its effects reached far beyond the country of Portugal, it lasted for six minutes and killed as many as 60,000 people. The effects of the disaster set theological ripples around the world. And then came the dark day. In the vision of Latter-day signs given to the prophet John, he saw the great earthquake followed by a sign in the heavens. The verse read, The sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. In the book of Matthew, the zealots believed were further signs, like the verse that stated, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light. Well, that was enough to convince many thousands of people. They rushed to their churches to repent. The dark day is one of the moments of what was called a religious awakening in America, filling church pews, growing congregations, and even creating cults. Perhaps the greatest to benefit from the dark day were the Shakers. The events transformed them from a small group of believers into what became a society that included thousands of people living in nearly 20 communal villages. In 1774, Anne Lee, who would soon become known as Mother Anne, landed in New York with only eight followers. They had fled England with a belief in Anne's powers as a mystic. They toiled at menial jobs for two years until they'd saved enough money to form a small colony in a marsh near Albany, New York. They anointed the place Wisdom's Valley, 
but it was a brutal 200 acres of swampland that was punished by cold winds in the winter and transformed into a muddy, mosquito-infested field in the summer. The neighbors were no friendlier than the landscape. Rumors claim that Mother Anne's flocks, all sworn pacifists, were British sympathizers or spies. Anne was briefly jailed in Albany on charges of sedition. She was released but treated horribly. During a missionary trip to Massachusetts, a band of 30 men seized Anne and stripped her naked, claiming they were checking to see if she was a British spy in women's clothing. She was accused of both witchcraft and heresy, and yet the odd little sect, celibate, and steeped in a life of poverty and hard labor, began to grow. Soon after a brutal upstate New York winter in 1780, two men from across the Hudson River in the farm community of New Lebanon took advantage of the spring thaw to visit the Shaker colony. The men were disappointed followers of one of the many Baptist revivals that had been sweeping the region, and they wanted to meet the woman whom followers called Christ Returned in Female Form. When they found Mother Anne and her colony in the wilderness, they could scarcely believe they had survived the winter. They were granted an audience with Anne and asked about her mystical teaching and the rumors of the sex practices in which they spoke of prophecies, saw visions of the dead, and danced, jumped, and shouted while possessed by the Holy Spirit, hence their name of the Shakers. We are the people who turn the world upside down, Mother Anne told the men. Well, they returned to New Lebanon to tell of the people in the woods, and soon more curiosity seekers began arriving at Wisdom's Valley. But it would be the dark day that caused the cult to grow even more. On May 19th, when the daytime skies mysteriously blackened, the effect was panic. Scores of people were convinced that it signaled the end of days. Mother Anne saw many new converts flock to her community for one simple reason. She predicted the event, or so her followers claimed. The Shakers claimed that it would be the first of many dark days to follow. It wasn't, but no one knew that then. The Shakers turned New Lebanon into a colony, and it was eventually known for its immaculate whitewashed buildings, tidy yards, and brick meeting houses. Each was filled with the simple, clean lines of furniture for which the Shakers would become famous. It was as if the purity to which they aspired was given life in the objects they created with their hands. Mother Anne died in 1784, but her influence extended further after her death than it ever did in life. As for the dark day, it's lived on as a memory. There have been a number of theories proposed as to what caused it, but after all this time, it still remains a bit of a mystery. The only thing we know for sure is that it was not the end of the world. We also know it wasn't a solar eclipse. There was a solar eclipse a short time earlier, on May 4th, 1780, but the only place where the sky went completely dark was southwest of Africa in the extreme southern Atlantic Ocean, a long way from New England. And it only lasted for about a minute and a half, not all day. American colonists were familiar with solar eclipses anyway. They'd seen three eclipses over the last five years, and no one thought the world was coming to an end. The last one had even been predicted by Benjamin Franklin in Poor Richard's Almanac. Eclipses were not a mystery to the colonists of the area. Well, could it have been caused by a dust storm? Well, that's unlikely too. 
In those days, there were no dust storms of a magnitude to cause the day to turn completely dark. It wouldn't be until the 20th century when the worst of all American dust storms took place during the infamous Dust Bowl era that scoured the Great Plains in the 1930s. Drought and the accompanied erosion compounded the Great Depression with famine as farms that lost their topsoil stopped producing crops and forced migration westward by families who'd lost their homes and ended up in California looking for work. The worst of the storms was the Black Sunday storm that occurred on April 14, 1935, during which those who caught in it could not see more than five feet in front of them. Dust storms on the Great Plains rained dirt on Chicago, Buffalo, Boston, New York, and Washington, D.C. The winter of 1934 and 35 even yielded a red snow over parts of the East Coast. But no such storms like that occurred in 1780. There's no record of them from trappers, explorers, or Native Americans who were in the Western lands at the time. Others have suggested a volcanic eruption, but this is also unlikely. One of the most destructive volcanic eruptions in terms of ash it spewed into the air happened on 1783, three years after the dark day. A volcano at Laki in Iceland erupted on June 8th and emitted poison gases and tons of ash. It killed plant life and livestock and sent dark, looming clouds across Western Europe, altering the Earth's climate for the next few years. The eruption poisoned people, plant life, and animals in Britain, Scandinavia, Prussia, and France. It also created wild weather effects like severe winters, stifling heat, and devastating thunderstorms. As was the case during the dark day, the bizarre weather patterns were attributed to divine retribution on a sinful world and sparked many claims that the end of the world was coming soon. Spoiler alert, it wasn't. And while all this sounds familiar, there were no volcanic eruptions that could have darkened the American colonies. In fact, the only volcanoes to become active in North America in the late 18th century were at Mount St. Helens and at the Lava Dome of Mount Hood, far away to the west. There are no records, stories, or accounts that tell of an ash plume that could have blown eastward all the way to New England. The most convincing cause for the dark day is a forest fire. In the 19th century, a historian named Joseph Dow from New Hampshire suggested the darkness was caused by a combination of clouds, fog, and smoke. Dow wrote, for some days previous, the air had been filled with smoke, arising, it was supposed, from extensive fires somewhere raging in the woods. Prevailing westerly winds had spread the smoke over a great extent of the country. On the morning of the 19th, the wind, though variable, was principally from the eastward and brought with it a dense fog from the ocean. This meeting and mingling with the clouds and smoke formed a mass almost impervious to light. The darkness became noticeable a little before 11 o'clock and rapidly increased. At some point during the night, a light breeze sprang up, blowing away the clouds and smoke and allowing the moonlight to illuminate the earth again. The next day, the sun came out as usual. The world had been saved from destruction by the god of the new religion, or perhaps more accurately, by a wind that blew in from the west and drove the darkness out to sea. And however it happened, America had been saved. For now.
I, 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 off. I don't know. Cody. We, we miss you, <laughs> man. I don't like, know what, what he wanted to say. <laughs> Put us on the spot. We didn't really prepare. <laughs> we rehearsed. Bye. She'll like that. <laughs> All right. I might make that a little like leading up to <laughs> yeah. for the episode. <laughs> Um, all, right. all right. Are we good to go? Yes, I'm good. Okay. Thanks for tuning in to the American Hauntings podcast, the show where we discuss history, hauntings, legends, lore, and the dark side of American history. We are now in season six of the podcast, Woods and Fields, Dark and Wicked. I'm your co-host, Cody Beck, and I would like to dedicate this episode to my grandfather, Charles Bame. With me is my co-host, author, historian, crime buff, and the founder of American Hauntings, Troy Taylor. And what you should probably mention is that he had a number of my books in his collection after he passed away. He is did? correct? Yes. I he so. did. He just tore them up <laughs> with notes like, what is this guy yeah, saying what is this over guy? here? This guy's an idiot. Uh, yeah. Typo, typo, <laughs> yeah. typo. I believe it. No, yeah. he, he, was a, he was a great man. Uh, and actually, he, I have some of his books now. Because you gave me some of the stuff that you took. Oh, right. Yeah. That's true. That's yeah, true. Ex- I was excited to get him. Yeah, so. that's awesome. Yeah, he yeah. was a great guy. He would not approve of the things we talk about because he's like a very, very religious man. Yeah. But he was yeah, a good yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, but he would have been like, oh, boy, you shouldn't be talking about the <laughs> devil, Cody. And it's like, oh, Grandpa. <laughs> uh, but no, he was a great guy. Uh, Troy, we're back. I know. Season six. I know. And it's, it, I feel like I was a little rusty. Uh, when we got, When we sat rusty. down, I'm like... So do we do this now? What do we do next? When does this I, part come I'm up? I'm confused here. So, yeah, we um, it's been uh, it's been too long actually since we've done an episode. It's been like two months. It's been a month. Maybe? No, no, no. Well, we did our oh it, the it movies. We did our movie one a month ago, and uh, before that though, it had been a while. Marilyn Monroe since we came done. out November second. Yeah, yeah I think? beginning yeah. of November. So it's been a while. Yeah, two months. So Damn. yeah, I'm glad to be back, and I'm excited to be back with a with a new season that is a little different than what we've done before. So is a bit of an experimental season. This is this is my experimental period. We'll just go uh, right. So and, I liked his yeah. first couple albums and then Troy started to get a little weird. Yeah, I just started to just kind of wander off into all kinds of things. So, well, so that was going to be a question I was going to ask you later, but say this is someone's jumping on point for the podcast. What would you tell them, like in a nutshell, what is this season going to be about? What could they oh, expect? Well, I can't really. I'm not sure I can put this in a nutshell. You can't even dumb it down? No, I don't think I can. This is a, this is a season that is... Um, it's gonna mean this first episode is it seems like it's about something you know specific, mm-hmm. but then we're gonna jump all over the place with the next few episodes, yeah. So it, it is gonna be, um, I mean, you know, I think Woods and Fields, Dark and Wicked just sort of lets you know that it's gonna be a very Americana season, mm-hmm. um, it's gonna be very deep American history, um, and the dark side. Well, I mean, that's part of our thing is the dark side of American history, but it's going to be very much that this season. And we're going to be dealing with a lot of um, rural stuff, a lot of, uh, again, early Americana type stuff. Um, you know, the, the, the colonial period, the, the deep South. We're going to be all over the place with a lot of different stuff, but it, it will have a, a current kind of a theme running through it. Like a through line, yeah. Um, that I think that people will start to understand as we get going with the season. 
Uh, but I think people are going to enjoy it. I mean, I think our regular listeners will like it. And I also think that people who are coming into this for the first time are going to see something a little bit different from their, uh, from past seasons. You know, it's not a city. It's not a, it doesn't seem to be a specific theme, mm-hmm. but in my head it is. Yeah. Which sure. is a dangerous place to be, but still, I don't you know, in my there. head, it's a theme. I like so. the through line. I think for me, it's just no happy endings. Oh, there are no happy endings. And I'm, excited I, I'm going to tell you that right now. So if you're looking for something light and uplifting, this is not the podcast season for you. Right. And it will run. And we're going to give you this a heads up. This is the first time I've ever given Cody an entire outline of the entire season. Any I've got every episode up. in here. And uh, it will run the entire year. So we're going to run from January all the way through late, mid to late November. Uh, then with our Christmas episode and... That's going to be, this is going to be the year. So I hope you, I hope everybody likes it. I hope they enjoyed this episode, which was really just sort of setting things up as America is a weird place. Yeah, lay the groundwork. Yeah, this was, this was just a groundwork. We're going to actually going to move back in time a little bit for our next episode. So, awesome. uh, but I think that I, I hope that people are going to enjoy it as much as I'm enjoying it because I got to tell you, I had a blast working on this episode and I've had a blast working on the next episode. So it's going to be fun. I think our listeners are weirdos and they're yeah, morbid yeah, and they definitely. love upsetting things. Definitely. So yeah, I think they're going to love this. Um, so we haven't caught up for a while. Uh, what's been going on? What's coming oh, up? Oh man. Well, a lot of stuff coming up actually. Um, as a lot of our listeners know, yesterday, the Haunted America conference tickets went on sale. We are, we are back. This is our 25th anniversary season. Uh, of the podcast. Yeah. So 25 years of the Haunted America Conference. We were the first ghost conference in the country. I wasn't even born yet. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. Yes, you were. Yeah, barely, uh, but barely. anyway, this is we were the first, and this is our 25th year. So we're really excited about it. We've got a really great lineup. I hope people will check it out. Um, it's just ghostconference.net. Um, go look at it. If you're a listener and you're listening to this early, you know, now's your chance to get stuff because those after hour tickets, man, they, they go quick. They go quick. And, you know, actually the whole event's gonna go quick. Um, and I hate to tell you this, but as of this writing, our Patreon members and some of our VIP newsletter subscribers already have access to sales. They got the jump on and them. at this point we are already like twenty five percent sold out for the conference. So if you're hearing this, that means that it's already been open to the public and um, even more tickets have been sold. So if you're interested in coming and man, you don't want to miss it. I mean, seriously, this is the big event of the year. Uh, we'll be doing, we do a lot of our bonus episodes and things mm-hmm. at the conference. Cody will be there recording things, people's ghost stories, all kinds of stuff. Um, so if you're just, you know, just into the podcast, this is, you know, it's a great event to be at. Yeah. Um, and it will sell out. It will sell out. And tomorrow, January 12th, um, is going to be the last day you can order shirts for the dead of winter event, mm-hmm. which is our big, um, it's a charity event we do every year. And, um, it is February the 12th and that is our, um, we, we do kind of a food drive thing every winter. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the food banks start running out of money, uh, or at least running out of food about this time. You know, Christmas has come and gone by that time, and they start running low on things. So we, we try to set our Dead of Winter event a little bit into the winter so that we can gather. And listen, 
we've 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 gotten thousands of pounds of food from it's awesome. our awesome people who come to these socks, events. paper it's, towels. It's completely free. Yeah. That's the beauty of this thing. Is I mean, if you want to do the after hours, if you want a, t- a t-shirt, um, it's your last chance to order it when you hear this. Um, the the t-shirts also go toward the the charity end of it. Um, we also, we're going to have a separate vendor room this year. We're going to have more chairs. So if you've come in the past, we're actually going to have more chairs this year, a separate vendor room. We've got after hour events. We're going to have a snack bar and a coffee shop upstairs. When you first come in, um, the folks who do the American hauntings coffee, uh, bad dog beanery down in, in, uh, Arkansas, they're coming up. They're going to set up a coffee shop where you can get coffee right on the spot. Um, it's going to be a great day. I mean, we're super excited about it already and um all the only thing we ask when you come is to bring a canned good or non-perishable item for local food banks and that can be lots of things i mean you can bring canned food you can bring you know non-perishable food but we they need socks they need light bulbs paper towels toilet paper all those kinds of things um we're we're happy to accept we give it to the food bank and they put it to very good use and Man, our people have been great. And we're holding it at the Mineral Springs Hotel in Alton. We got the big ballroom, so we got lots of room. Uh, bring in, bring your stuff, you drop it off in the lobby, come down to the event. We'll have vendors in a separate room. We're gonna have speakers going all day. Cody and I are gonna be doing, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the mm-hmm. podcast. We're gonna be talking, we're gonna be doing a live episode. And the beauty of it is our hundredth episode is gonna be recorded at Dead of Winter, Can which you is gonna be kind of cool. No, I cannot believe we lasted a hundred episodes, hundred episodes. I know. So anyway, if you guys are interested, we'd love to see you there. Um, you can go to AmericanHauntings.net, which is our main website, and you can find information there about Dead of Winter and about the conference, too, for that matter. Um, we also have added a lot of dinner events and river road tours for the winter and spring. Um, I've got a lot of events that are coming up. Um, you know, with uh, at the Mineral Springs in our ballroom where we are recording. We right. are recording at the Mineral Springs. Now. Coming to you live. Uh, we are coming to you sort of live yeah. ish. Yeah, ish, right? Uh, from the American Hauntings ballroom. But, you know, we've got, um, uh, well, by the time you hear this, it'll be too late to sign up for The Devil Came to St. Louis, but we'll have later ones coming up. Uh, we've got the Donner Party at the end of the month because oh. what better time to talk about the Donner Party and cannibalism and the middle of winter, it always makes uh, me January hungry. the 29th, I believe. So, but we've got a lot of events coming up, uh, new ones and some, you know, some of our favorite ones. Uh, so you can check those out, dinnerandspirits.com. Uh, but AmericanHauntings.net will get you anywhere that you want to go. So, yeah, we'll we'll look forward to seeing you guys. It's going to be a good year. I, I'm feeling good about 2022. I really am. So I think finally, finally, we're going to get into you know, a little bit closer to back to normal. A statement I never thought I would hear Jordan I know, Taylor say. But it's true. It's true, man. All right. Well, since we've been away for a little while, we've had a lot of different listener reviews, um, and that's been really nice. Some of them have been really, really nice. Some of them have made me feel a lot of I haven't looked at them in a myself. while. So I no, they've, they've mostly been nice. <laughs> okay, good. Um, but I grabbed a couple here. Oh, God. Now I feel like I should go look at them. If no, there are some uh, that are not nice, no, I should look. No, no, no. No, you don't want me to do that because I, I always call those people out it on, just the, puts on the show, don't I? Yeah, I yes. do. No, it's okay. I've forgotten th- about that. There's not that There's not that many bad ones. Um, but this first one is tight. Why are they bad? They're what not, are we doing No, here? we're not doing anything bad. What are we doing wrong? People have been honestly 
very nice lately. Um, I will say that <laughs> this first one is called. Great, I'm not convinced. It, 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 I promise it's called Great Stories. It's from Nessie Davis. It says I found the podcast about two weeks ago and found there's a whole season on New Orleans. I love the mix of history and ghost stories. The monologues are well written, and the follow-up dialogue is a great format. I'm hooked and look forward to listening to all the other seasons. Uh, this next one is titled Binge Worthy, and it's from. Faraz, Faraz family. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I butcher these things. Um, and it says, I started listening last year when my kids were in practice. I now listen anytime I can constantly shush everyone around. Highly recommend this podcast as a history and hauntings fan. So thank you very much. Um, again, the iTunes reviews help people find our show. Yeah, and- but you know, my only complaint is uh, how repetitive Troy is. Here we go. I prefer the scripted intro. This was my nightmare. And sometimes we'll avoid listening to the discussion due to how many times he repeats himself. Do I do that? I mean, be honest with me. Do I do I repeat myself? Yes, Troy, you do. Do I? But you just hammer points home. Okay, but well, then let's I also keep reading. Keep reading. Interrupt that Cody uh-huh. to say needless things. <laughs> but apparently, they've missed the entire point of the podcast. Well, whatever. Anyway, thank you for the reviews. We really appreciate them. I try to keep them away from Troy. I guess I need to do a better job of uh, just saying all the reviews are great. <laughs> Everybody loves us. Um, we still do. We have hella reviews. Actually, such you know, a huge I, I'm, star I, now I'm looking at them and most, are most nice. of them are pretty good right but, we haven't got like know, a really angry one in yeah, a long well time. you know my you know my thing is is that if you don't like it then don't listen but I know. you know so um i've become a bit annoyed with cody yeah but again oh is this you or the point. review no okay well i was gonna say yeah, eh. well me in general did you leave this this review? was a review that was says no that you're a loss regarding the subject matter uh, that's the whole point you know it's almost Moron. like i don't know what's going on that is the entire point so if you're missing if you're okay i'm not even you know what i'm gonna stop. we gotta cut I'm not gonna, it those out. are the only two that annoyed me i know so. and maybe i am repetitive everyone who knows me can tell you that i Lisa, Lisa, who is here, will Lisa's tell you here. I've told her the same stories a hundred times, probably. You're think, a great storyteller. They get story better time. every time. Yeah, right. Um, actually, all of my friends can tell you the same thing. That the fish was I this do, big. Yeah, and then well, it was no, a there's no fish stories. I don't fish or sports ball or anything <laughs> The ghost like was this big. I know, but okay, that's fine. Oh, Whatever. boy. Are so, you ready to dive into yes, this I actual am. story? I, I'm, you know, would anyone expect me to not be annoyed with the... Reviews. No, okay. no. I think just any, checking. Yeah, yeah. I'm just checking. No, no. It's but, all good. It's on brand. Yeah, it's all. It's so. on brand. All right. I want to start this off with this quote that you said, and said, and they found what they were seeking, but they also found violence, bloodshed, and murder. I think that's a great way to take us in to this, <laughs> this story. Yeah, yeah. This, this this season and the story about the well, the story, the I mean, new world, the, the story about the new world. It fits. Um, the story about what follows, not so much. There's no murder. And the rest of it, it's really just a very weird story. It's implied. About how everyone assumed that the world was coming to an end. Yeah. And I think that it's funny that things that happened in 1780 just repeat themselves. Sure. You know, that the doom and gloom of society just continues. Right. Well, so, I don't I don't want to jump that yes, far I'm ahead sorry. quite yet. I apologize. No, I'm no, no, it's all good. Story. I okay. wanted to know, and I can say this because I feel comfortable saying this. What is it with white people wanting to conquer land? Like not every corner it's needs a, a Starbucks. Thing. I know. It's can't just, we just a thing. Let it That's live? just what we do. Why? Um, I don't know. And, you know, well, I'll tell you why. Yeah. Or at least in this particular story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Vikings were used to conquering 
everything they found. I mean, yeah. I started this story, I wanted to start the story not with just some settlers who came in and handed out blankets with smallpox on them right. to the Native Americans. We gotta build up to I wanted to start that. this out with some people who had no idea what they were getting into, and that was, that was the Vikings. The Northmen came here with the idea that, you know, they had found a place that seemed to be um, ideal for a Viking settlement. It looked empty at it, the time. It looked empty at the time. And then they got here and found that it wasn't empty. And, um, you know, I think that was, I mean, that says a lot, but they were used to going to places that were not empty mm -hmm. and just burning, killing, and raiding everything right. and, and taking what they wanted. And, um, you know, I'm proud to say these are my ancestors. I don't you have a problem with like this. You look just like somebody off that Viking show. And I don't have a problem with that. But the issue here is that they came to a place they thought was empty and found that it wasn't. And not only did they find that, you know, these were, these the people that were here were unlike any people they'd had contact with before. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't different Viking clans. It wasn't you know, European tribes. It wasn't the British or the Celts. It was someone that, that was completely alien to them. <laughs> and it was a place. People. <laughs> well, yeah, largely peaceful people that they just, it was completely alien to them. And this was a place that was unlike anything they had ever dealt with before either. Yeah. Because, you know, they were used to conquering places that had already been settled, mm. that had, you know, people had already built homes there and they came in and took those things over and uh, made them their own. Re now they come to North America and no one's ever been there before, except for, you know, the, the first nations people that were already there, the right, American, right, right. you know, the native Americans that were there and they were living in pretty much in harmony with the land for the most part. That's not how the Northmen or any European nation lived at the time. They came there, they, they pushed their beliefs and their ideas and their architecture and everything on the location. So when they showed up here in North America, they found that wasn't quite as easy as they thought it was gonna be. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they came and let's just say that the, North America bit back. Yeah. And that wasn't what they were used to. And so it threw them off. And eventually they left. You know, they left remnants of their settlement behind, but they were gone. You know, they, they left. It wasn't until the Europeans, the rest of the Europeans came in the 1600s. I mean, we're talking about centuries later before anybody really settled this land. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that meme that's like, it talks about... <laughs> Like whenever beavers see flowing water, it's like, do they know what they're doing, or do they just see it and say, absolutely fucking not? Yeah, right. And then they're, right. they're just like, thing. no yeah. way, like, <laughs> no, that, it cannot run. Cannot I have, have to this. stop it. Yeah. Cannot have this. You, you <laughs> talked about um, when the land began to finally thaw in early March. Many bridges were damaged by the ice flows, but people were so happy to have warmer weather they didn't care. They simply rebuilt them. Did you put this in here because you know that I love a good bridge? I know. I put that for you and Renee Cruz. Yes. So uh, I, have, bridge I have stories. I just added, there was no reason for me to add anything in there about a bridge, but, but I just decided I was going to. Well, so, so I have a coffee table book. It's called Bridges, A History of the World's Most Spectacular Spans by Judith Dupree. And Renee turned me on to bridges yes, because I'm just like, how do they stand up? How do they do that? How does it work? I know. And I love that so much. Yeah. Um, and I just wondered if that was a little like nod to me and Renee. Yeah, I did. I put that in there. That was, yeah, I know. 
your affinity for bridges, thanks to Renee. How do they stand up? I How do they do I, that? I know, I know. So I did. I did have to put that in there. I so, just, I just don't get how they yeah. work. But okay, okay. I just, I, thank you. I just want to give a shout but, out. But but that. again, that's well. But it's a good example, though, of the fact that when the European settlers came here, and we're not talking Scandinavia, we're talking about England, and yeah, France, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And they came here, and they just pushed their ideas and beliefs and religions and everything onto the landscape. And then uh, once again, though, in a lot of ways, as we'll find out through this entire season, um, North America bit them in the ass. Yeah. And this is a perfect example of that. But they came here and they did build bridges and they built roads and they built towns. The things the Vikings didn't do when they came here mm -hmm. and they pushed and pushed until the Native Americans were gone. And all that was left were the things that the Native Americans believed in, mm -hmm. which I've always believed um, is what has caused a lot of the stories, the, you know, the, the strange tales and the, the weird beliefs that we all have. Mm -hmm. And we're going to delve into that through this entire season, yes. which is why which is why I felt this story really set the stage. Yeah, hell yeah, some old god stuff. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's set the stage. So spring 1780, winter's finally over for the people of New England, and it was a brutal one. Even the war had come to a halt, so people are just like, fuck this dude, yeah, like, it's yeah. too cold. Yeah, it's just too cold. We, we can't shoot each other. <laughs> um, May 19th, 1790, the dark day. The skies begin to look different. 10 a.m., it's still dark. Lots of people freaking out, thinking that the world's ending. And then there were the sailors who did. Yeah, I know. I knew you'd like that story. Yes. I had to include that. It was just one of those. I kept picking up. I kept finding all these firsthand accounts of things, you know, that people saw that, you know, that serving lunch by candlelight yeah. and all of this kind of stuff. And they couldn't tell, you know, a guy's out spreading you know, horse manure in this field and he can't tell the difference between the manure and the, you know, and the dirt because yeah. it's so dark. And I just thought that that was a funny story. This was a guy <laughs> who had written about it years later and he lived in Salem, which is a, a, a seaport. And uh, a lot of people were really freaked out by what was happening. This is uh, 90 years after the Salem witch trials and that kind of thing. So it's, but it's still, I mean, you know, the, the whole puritan and calvinist religions of the time were mm -hmm. very superstitious and people were believing that the world was coming to an end he had all these sailors who rolled into town who were drinking and going out and partying because yeah. they figured screw it the world's coming to the an end, end. let's world? have a good time and they're trying to get women to you know raise their skirts and give them one last shot you know yeah and um that was one thing that he you know made a note of that he saw but not not everybody took it quite that loosely. I well, so, mean, they uh, were very serious about what they were afraid was Of happening. course, yeah. A lot of people rushed to the churches uh, to yes. repent. But I'm curious, what would you do in a don't-look-up scenario oh, last yeah. day so on So you've Earth? watched that, have I you? have, yeah. fantastic. I really I enjoyed it. I tell you, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, just the, the whole... You could look at that. Well, let's not get into that yeah, because all our get bad mad. reviews are about me. And people will get so mad about so. us telling the truth. Uh, what would you do? It in the was last really day? great. Um, if I knew, I mean, I, I I admired what was happening. You know, with you know, in the in the movie, mm -hmm. you know, with the family sitting down to have a family dinner and reminisce and things. I got that. I could not uh, keep my cool. Like I that. don't think I could <laughs> no. either. I think I would be out 
partying just as hard oh, as I could. Oh, yeah. I'd get hammered time. eating pizza, yeah, telling everyone I love them. Yeah, pizza and alcohol and naked Get a good women. view. And so naked, I think that women. would be, yeah, that would be it yeah. right there. I'd get a good view. I'd go to like Riverview or something if it was yeah. close. Oh, yeah. If yeah, I yeah. couldn't reach my family, just be like, you know what? Give me a fifth of Jack Daniels, like yeah. some pizza. Let's yeah. just hang out and watch family. the world in. Oh, I was, I don't know. <laughs> oh, that, oh, and that whole yeah, thing. I was talking yeah. about you know, I'm talking about parties, friends, parties. Um, uh, this yeah. is why I ask you, yes. we just view things a little differently, but yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd probably text you and, um, just see what's, yeah, well, what's going on. Well, we would be here. We'd probably be here in Alton. Um, having a big blowout ass party. Uh, End when we knew party. that the comet was coming or in this case that the skies were falling in a chicken little kind of thing. <laughs> yes. Um, and we would be here waiting for all of that to happen, I think. Oh, so. I love it. Well, a lot of people, especially back then, didn't view things like we do. So they rushed to their <laughs> churches to repent. Let's talk about the Shakers. You said they were the great, the greatest benefit from the oh, dark yeah, yeah, day. Yeah. They cashed in on this thing. Yeah. Um, and whether or not they truly believed the world was coming to an end yeah. or if it was just a great scam, <laughs> That's irrelevant. Yeah. Who knows? But, <laughs> you know, really, I guess the weird thing about the Shakers is that, you know, you could look at it and say this wasn't like a Jim Jones kind of thing. They weren't like making money off the people who suddenly flocked to their communities. Right. I mean, they were a communal thing. I think they had good intentions. Um, probably delusional. Don't they all start with the best of intentions? Yeah, and I I don't know that they ever really left that because they were a (laughs) celibate, well, they were a celibate society. So there was, if you joined the Shakers, you were never allowed to have sex. So was Ann Lee not fucking everybody? No, not at all. Not at all. Okay. And so that was the thing. I mean, she had come to this country with a husband who was like a complete burnout loser. She got rid of him early on. And, Anybody who joined the Shaker Church had to be had to agree to be celibate, which meant that eventually, that's a hard, as you can imagine, this is a hard cult to keep going. Any cult when there's no sex involved, there's no incest, everyone's or going like to that. die yeah. out eventually. Yeah. and you know, I don't know how. I mean, I there, I'm sure there are some Quakers still around, but I don't think very many. Well, um, wait, what's now, okay? Quakers, sh- the Quakers and Shakers—that's two different. Things. Okay, they are. That, uh, the I Quakers were passive. Well, so were the Shakers. It's a different. It's a different, completely different. thing. One has oatmeal. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. No, it's it's a different thing. Um, but I mean, they're similarities, but not quite the same. The Shakers were a completely celibate society who were dedicated to nothing more than trying to improve the lives of the you know people on earth. Yeah. I mean, I think they hmm. were very well intentioned and they make cool furniture. <laughs> okay. I mean, their tables, right. their chairs, their stuff is awesome. So shaker furniture is still the best, but that's where they that's where their fame came from. Okay. But they really got a lot of people involved in the group after the dark day because legend had it and again with any cult you've got legends and lies mixed together but the 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 story was is that mother ann had predicted that this was going to happen i i've never seen anything that says that she really did but it was a good pr campaign afterward and they did grow and that's why but that's why we've heard of the shakers today and that's, I mean, because listen, there were a zillion cults that came out of this time period from that part of New York. Um, I wrote about it quite a bit in 
um, well taking up serpents mm -hmm. and in American hauntings even because that upstate New York area was just like a breeding ground for these small groups of people that were religious in some way these and I don't I hesitate to use cults mm -hmm. for all of them that has a real negative connotation I'm not sure every one of them was negative but overall they were religious with very strange beliefs mm -hmm. and there were hundreds Damn. and so the shakers came out of it because they did get so many new members mm -hmm. that came because of the dark day I think you and I were just born in the wrong time, the wrong place, man. I, I think so, too. But so, I'm waiting for the apocalypse, and then I will start my own cult. I so. like that. I like that. Paranormal Jesus. Um, so, wait. So, <laughs> But Mother Mother Anne, so I was initially getting vibes of, like, Mrs. Carmody or whatever from no, like, no, the no. Mist. No, I don't think Not that was that the kind case. Of thing. Um, she, she was put through a lot, um, suffered through all of it without much complaint. Um, she wasn't getting rich off this thing. I mean, you know, we talked about Wisdom's Valley in the, in right. the story. This was a shithole in the middle of a swamp. Isn't that, that's kind and of it, like Jonestown, it, right? I know. Like well, it, like and it was in a way, but, you know, they moved their operations across the river to New Lebanon, which right. was an actual town. And that became really the kind of the centerpiece. But there were all kinds of towns and settlements all over the place. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were so many of these utopian groups like this yeah um i like i said i dealt with it a lot in taking up serpents um just because it's there were just so many mm -hmm. and you know i couldn't list them all I, i'm sure someone probably has i haven't uh but they were um they were well known for a while quite mm -hmm. a while it is really interesting to see a cult that where it's like i'm in my head just cynical that aren't think, doing something awful well i'm thinking yeah. you're doing it wrong but it's yeah. like no 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 maybe yeah. that's actually right know, they, maybe they're, they they're doing people. it in the way that it was meant to be an alternative religion yeah uh, they were doing it in the right way treating people decently although i mean you know you lived it but when you came into it you knew you were moving into a very austere you know, strict kind of faith. Mm -hmm. I mean, you knew that you had to be celibate. You knew you were going to work. You knew that you would never own anything. It would always be communal. It would always be the food that you got was the same thing that everyone else got. You mm -hmm. did work. You sold, you know, this furniture that you made to pay for the upkeep of the town, the community you were living in. Yeah. And I, I don't, I, I have a hard time finding if that's what you want, I mean, mm -hmm. it's not for me, Sure, but I, I, for people, if that's what they want, I have a hard time finding a Why not? problem with that. Yeah. You know, anybody. these utopian societies, again, started with the best of intentions and a lot of things did. But in this case, sometimes the intentions continued. I mean, yeah. they, they, they really, that was what they were about, but they die out because... Yeah. You know, you can't, you move into the modern day and there's just not enough people to do it. I know. And it's I, like why the Amish communities continue to get smaller. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, there are a lot of problems with within a lot of the Amish communities, but the idea they have mm -hmm. is not bad. It's not a bad idea to live as, you know, in the past, a very simple, plain life. If that's what you want, yeah, that's great. But, you know... It's hard to keep kids sure. in those, you know. They sure. send them out on Rummerspring, right? They never come back, you know. Marty. And I and I understand that too. Yeah, you know. So they do t continue to get smaller and smaller, but yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, you know, I not, think the idea is if you're not hurting anybody, but I mean, I think we know it's problematic when you 
uh, force people not to fuck bad things happen. Well, yeah, no, it, 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 that is true. Uh, unless you're the leader of the cult and the only person who can have sex, is Jim Jones like, right, is right, that right. person. Right. Uh, then you know David Koresh. That's a problem. Ugh. You know, it becomes a problem. Yeah. And you're, uh, next thing you know, you're in a school bus on fire and exactly. somewhere. Exactly. Wake up. Yes. Um, I yes. love that when those men came across from the Hudson River, curious about the group, she said, "We are the people who turn the world upside down." Mm -hmm. I just like that. It's an quote. interesting quote. Yeah. yeah. It's a good one. It's very interesting. Um, and yeah, you mentioned they turned New Lebanon into a colony, but let's 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 end this by talking about the actual dark day. Um, basically, the day where the sun kind of got blotted out yeah. and everything yeah. went weird. Essentially, and when something like that happened, if something like that happened today, we would have 24-hour news cycle sure. explaining why it was happening. Yes, but in 1780, people denying why it was happening. Yeah, I, yeah, and a lot of people not <laughs> believing it. Yeah, or um, you know, blaming it on something else. Anything but else. anything else. But I think that in this particular circumstance where you've got nothing but, you know, occasional newspapers, mm -hmm. you know, um, you're not going to get the news. I'd no be one's, freaking out. Yeah, I, I don't blame anybody for doing it because you get up every single day, 365 days a year, sun comes up, you do your work, sun goes down, you eat your dinner, you go to bed. Right. That's your normal life. And when there's no sun, people freak out. Yeah. And, and I get it. You know, even the most... Probably logical among them were like, uh, mm, what the something, fuck? Something's yeah, not right yeah, here. Yeah. yeah, something's not quite right. The uh, you know the chickens are all going back to the barn, and the you know it's yeah. it's it's things are getting weird. Um, I think that was um, it had to be stunning. Yeah, to these people, I mean, just mind altering. You know, I get it. Why it was such a momentous. And event. when it didn't end after a couple of minutes, like an eclipse, be right. like, oh shit. Right. Well, and and that was something that I wanted to make sure that I, I got across is that people knew about eclipses. I mean, that was not that was not an oddity. They'd at figured the time. that out. Yeah. By then, most people understood they were going to happen. And and I mentioned, you know, Benjamin Franklin was publishing Poor Richard Almanac at the time, and it predicted the last eclipse that had happened and there had been like three different eclipses in the last five years so people knew about eclipses yeah and they knew this was not an eclipse mm -hmm. because there was no sun at all sure it wasn't that it was covered by the shadow of the moon it was that they never saw it um you know it, it was there very early in the morning but by you know 10 10 30 in the morning it was gone yeah there was nothing more to see and so i can understand why people would kind of lose their mind I'd freak out. Like I'd repent. Yeah. Or I get just it. Get I get it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I can see And that. in those days, again, you've got that Puritan mindset. I mean, we're past the Puritans, but we're getting into a Calvinist mindset where you believe that everything is preordained, right. that, you know, everything that's going to happen to you in your life has already been written and there's only so much you can do about it. And so people were still very religious and were very tied to their churches. And when something like this happens, you just figure fucking see the world man <laughs> and i'm i'm either gonna go try to get i'm a sailor who's gonna get drunk and try to get women to take their dresses off mm -hmm. or i'm gonna run to the nearest church right i would get drunk and try to get women yeah. to take their dresses off but a lot of <laughs> i can understand why a lot of people would run to the nearest church i, I get still it. i still want to start a business where um i'm not gonna get raptured but you might, and I will take care of your pets. Oh yeah. Whenever you are, raptured. oh your pets, you got to pay me I'd up be front. Happy, oh, I'd be happy to take care of all of your estate. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let me sure. set that up for you. Well, so. they can't take that with them, but they want to make sure their pets are taken care well, of. Well, that's so a good idea. Give me five hundred bucks up front. Yeah. And not a bad idea. Whenever you go, Fido is good to go yeah, with me. We're all set. Yes. So. Um, but basically, the dark day 
probably forest fire in a combination most of like likely some i mean there were a lot in. of things that were suggested you know that that don't make any sense i mean from you know everything from dust clouds to volcanoes. you know uh, volcanoes i mean i could understand it because yeah. there had been volcanoes and you know and i can even understand that you know all the stuff that was in the the biblical stuff i get it if you're into that i can see where you could twist i mean because let's be honest, all that apocalyptic stuff out of the Bible is yeah. however you want to interpret uh -huh. it, which is how good cults are made. Yeah, as, as you'll find, that, we, that was what I discovered when I was writing Taking Up Serpents. Every one of these cults has something to do with revelation in it. Of course. Because you can interpret that any possible way you want to. It's from, a trippy book. From the omen to, you know, whatever. Uh, but most likely it was a forest fire. And one thing I didn't mention because I couldn't, work it into this without making it boring, um, was that they have found evidence of a really bad forest fire that happened across the border from New England and Canada and Southern Canada, and that there is archeological evidence within the tree rings mm -hmm. of a terrible fire that had taken place. Yep. And they think that might have been the fire. But even 200 years ago, we already had guys who were, you know, looking at this and going, you know, this uh, Joseph Dow, guy was a historian and he was, you know, at that point he was like, well, I do have evidence there was a really bad fire. And that's probably what happened with wind currents and weather and all that. I mean, I think, I do think there was a natural phenomena that sure. created this, but it's interesting to, it's not to fun. question <laughs> that it might've been something else. Yeah. That it might've been a warning. It might've been, who knows? Sure. You know, it's so interesting. If you see anything that you can't explain, just immediately start freaking out. And assume that it's the end of the world. And, and act accordingly. Uh, and give us a call. Yeah. And we will take care of your pets. We'll take care for of your a very pets. low nominal fee. Yes. So. Oh boy. Well, it is now time for our ghostwriter segment. If you have a question or comment about the world of the macabre, you can email us at AmericanHauntingsPodcast at gmail.com. This email comes to us from Kayla. It is titled Most Uncatchy Subject Header. It got my, it got my attention. I uh, said, hey, my name's Kayla. I've been binge listening to your podcast for a couple months now with pauses in between for music or another podcast, and I find it to be a good distraction from the major funk depression I've been in. I can, everybody can <laughs> totally yeah. relate. We all get it. Totally yeah. relate. Uh, I listen to it mostly at work, and there have been moments when I pause when I'm uh, – uh, what I'm what I'm doing due to a funny comment or listening to the end when Cody does the outro of the episode and Troy's doing his best to distract him from saying it all. <laughs> I'm hoping to eventually go to one of your events, but I have a lot going on currently. Can't travel that far, uh, but count on me being there one of these days. I love joking in the banter um, and the random facts. I'm currently listening to the Hollywood Studio Hauntings episode as I'm typing this up. Thank you both again for making my work nights better. Keep up the awesome work. P.S. Hoping to hear my email read by you guys, but if not, that's okay too. Have a good day, guys. Well, you got your wish, and we read it. So thank you very much, Kayla, for writing in. I also got a message from Genevieve, who I believe is one of our new patrons, and she wrote us a long email. It was really nice and really detailed, and she called me out at one point. She said, Cody, you called Vegas a garbage town. She said, it's actually a nice place to raise a family. Genevieve, listen, most of the things I say are a joke. Well, but if or it depends on where you are in Vegas. I'm sure there true. are parts of it that are very true. nice, but you're not going to raise your kids on the strip. Well, sure, but also, Genevieve, if you keep listening, you'll also hear that I have also called 
Las Vegas, um, the town that God forgot. And I've multiple <laughs> times said that the, the desert needs to take that place back. Also, I love Alton, and I would burn this entire yeah, it garbage is also town a garbage down town. to the yes, ground. We all know. I'll burn the whole yeah. thing down to prove a point. Thank you so much for listening, Genevieve. Please don't stop Alton donating has to Patreon. a particular smell it that we does. are all well familiar with. It so. does. Uh, but speaking of Patreon, we've had a ton of people sign up since we've been out. So I have like yeah. a lot okay. of shout outs. We're ready. So thank you so much for supporting the show. Tori, Chrissy, Edward, Emily, Jacob, Jennifer, Kate, Misty, Middle Miller, Taylor, Amanda, Shanna, Tyler, Melissa, NDK, Jordan, Leanne, Sarah, Alicia, Amy, Rokan, Mandy, Morgan, Genevieve, and Hillary. Sweet Jesus. Hell, <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of people yeah. caring about what we do. Yeah. And so, amazing. hey, and if you'd like to get your name read and join us, we'd love to have you check it out. Yeah. I mean, it's just patreon.com American Hauntings. And we've been doing, um, you know, we, we, you know, we mail you stuff. There's, there's tiers where you can get t-shirts every other month. And, you know, we do bonus episodes. We've got a lot going on. Stuff. Yeah, we do. We do. We try to keep it. We try to keep it busy even when we're not, you know, and busy. we've been off for a month or so and yeah. we still try to keep it, keep it going. Yeah. So, and Hey, yeah. we have plans for a dead of winter, a hundredth episode. Yes. What do we, we want to do? We do. Um, we were talking about at the beginning of the show, we were talking about it being our hundredth episode and um, which we'd never really, I, I don't know that we it. ever thought we'd ever get that far, but uh, we're excited that we are. And we were going to do like a regular episode in the season, but we decided since it's our hundredth episode, that's boring. It's not, flashy it doesn't, well, it's not, it doesn't seem like it's enough to celebrate, you know, what is for us a landmark. Um, so what we're going to try to do, we're going to kill ourselves on stage. Well, yeah, we, yeah, right. <laughs> um, but we thought maybe that we would answer your questions. Um, uh, we don't ever do that. And so what we're going to really. do is see if you guys have questions you want to ask us. Um, we've got some stuff that we could answer, but um, you know, we've gotten a few things here and there, but we're going to put out a call right now for questions from you. So if you have questions, where do you want them to send it? Cody American hauntings podcast at gmail.com is preferred, or you can hit us up on Twitter or sure. Instagram. Um, I would prefer an email, but anywhere you can find us online, shoot us a message. Um, but American hauntings podcast at gmail.com is a preferred method. Yeah. Just let us know if you've got something that you want to ask us. It can be about whatever I mean, what, it can be about, cares? Yeah. um, it can be about past episodes of the show. Will you take um, care of my pet when I get yeah, raptured? Well, yeah, right. Exactly. That's a good one. Um, how do I give you the $500 that I need to give you to take care of my pet? Right. Um, or just anything to do with ghosts or hauntings or past episodes of the show, or, you know, maybe something that we could update from a past episode sure. of the show, because yep. that does come up. Sometimes things have come up, um, and it can be, you know, from a Patreon episode or one of our regular episodes or whatever. Um, just send us a message, um, to American hauntings podcast at gmail.com and, or as Cody said, a message on, you know, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, Wherever. um, and get in touch with us and let us know if there's something you'd like to hear, something you'd like us to talk about. We will, um, we will do our best 
to make sure that we do that. Yeah. For a hundredth episode, it, you know, you don't have to be there. We'd love it if you were at the event. Yeah. Uh, but, and we'll probably take some questions there, but Definitely. if you can't make it, um, send it ahead of time and we will address it that day. And then we'll put it out on the, the live feed as an in-between week show. It won't be in the regular run, but we'll put it out as an in-between week show and um, you'll be able to hear your answers. And questions we've already had. Where do you get off? Who do you think you are? Where yeah, do you get the uh, yeah all that stuff. Why do you suck so much? Yeah. I mean, we don't, yeah. I mean, we we've already, answered we, these. Uh, yeah, those things we over answer and all over the time. Again. So um, try to come up with something more original than one of those if you can. Yeah. So, but if yeah. it's mean enough, but also clever enough, I will still we'll, answer We'll it. still use it. Yes. So... Anyway, well, let's wrap this thing up. Let's do um, it. Guys, if you are, um, well, well, first of all, thanks for listening. Yeah. Um, as we start a new season of the podcast, one that I think that a lot of people are excited about. We got a lot of good feedback about this season, and I hope you will did. continue to be excited as it goes on. But if you are um, one of those people, share it with your friends. Give us a review on iTunes. Um, I know that it doesn't, um, it, maybe you don't listen to it there, but if you just get, if you've got an Apple phone, you can get in there. Find the podcast. Leave us a review that way. Um, it does really help us out. It helps other people find it. Um, also, for anyone who does listen to the podcast, don't forget, we do have a discount code that you can use on merchandise. When you order stuff from us from our online store, um, if you just use the discount code podcast, mm -hmm. you get 10% off anything you order just for being a listener. You don't have to be a Patreon member or anything. Just as a listener, you get to use that. So don't forget about that. Um, I have people ask me about it, and I always tell them, hey, that's that's all you got to do. All the you money I've wasted. In. And I know, right? And so you can you can always get that get that discount. So anyway, so guys, thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. And I will turn it over to Cody. And here we go. This episode of the American Hauntings podcast was written by Troy Taylor and it was produced and edited by me, Cody Beck. Music for this season is performed by Packy Lundholm and you can find more about his music and upcoming shows on Twitter, Instagram, Bandcamp, SoundCloud, Facebook, YouTube, or at PackyLundholm.com. Yep. This guy's everywhere I know. and I've never I met him. I know, I know. We're you friends have on yet. Facebook. friends on Facebook. Is he real? Will. Oh yeah, he's real. It's Maggie's husband. So those of you mm, who come convinced. to the conference and some convinced. of our events, uh, you've seen a little short redhead behind our table a lot of times. It's Maggie. You might know her personally, but this is Maggie's husband. And this guy is, I mean, there isn't anyone else who I would have, I mean, we've, we've had music in every season, yeah. but not like this season's going to be. And I talked to Packy about it. Um, I was up there back at the end of the summer in Chicago and we went to a show together, packing Maggie and I, and I said, you know, hey, how would you feel about doing this? And I told him what we had in mind. And he's like, absolutely. I mean, not only is he like this insanely talented musician Virtuoso. who works like seven nights a week in one band or another or performing alone, um, he is like, absolutely, I could do that. I'd love to do that. When you heard the music for our trailer, for this season, that's Packy. He mm -hmm. just put that together. And and all of the music you're gonna hear throughout this entire season, he just did all this on the fly. I mean, he just sits down and makes music. I mean, it's insane. It is, um, the amount of stuff he puts out is like the number of books that I do. He's doing a I mean, song he is, a day right He now. is, yeah, Cody, I mean, Cody. Packy is, yep. Packy is like, 
is like me writing all the time. Packy's making music all the time. So should I be worried about his mental health as well? Like as, I, as well I as mine, yeah, like probably. With you? But, okay. um, but I mean, he's, and not only is he like the nicest guy I've ever met is, I mean, it's like insane. He and Maggie are like, Insanely nice people. Yeah, I believe it and when I meet super him. talented. Well, you will. You'll, you'll meet him at some point. And we'll put we'll put all his information in the show notes yes. too, so you can find his stuff because he's got stuff on Spotify right now. His stuff on Bandcamp. If you wanna if you wanna do something that helps him out, Bandcamp is a way to do it because okay. that's a way that people can pay for money. Um, a couple of years ago, he did an album called American Soccer, which is I've got the like the. I did like a Kickstarter thing with it, so I've got the vinyl that's oh I mean, nice signed. I mean, I know the guy. It's not like I don't couldn't get stuff signed. <laughs> I still like when you sign just, my books. I know, okay? but it was just cool to get it. But it's an excellent album from start to finish. Yeah, and he's just been constantly doing stuff throughout the pandemic. And I mean, he's insanely talented. He really is. Well, that's awesome. Well, I'll put yeah. links to all his stuff yeah. in the show notes. You but, guys can find it. But him it's going to be music through this entire season. So it's going to be great. Nice. Yeah. And also you can find us on most of those places too. Our, our SoundCloud and Bandcamp have been lacking a little bit because <laughs> okay. we haven't released well, the album. We stopped releasing <laughs> albums, you know. But so. you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, <laughs> Stitcher, or anywhere uh, that you find your favorite podcast. You can find the website at AmericanHauntingsPodcast.com and for more info about the show, notes, links, and more. Thank you for listening. We couldn't, honestly, probably wouldn't we, do yeah, it without you. Yeah. So until next time. Oh, wait, wait, wait. One last thing. Uh, One last thing. Okay. So I was at an antique store not that long ago, and I found a blank book of for telegrams. No from shit. Western whatever. Western Union. Western or Union. Whatever. And it's a whole book, and it's, I mean, it is old. Yeah, it's yeah. very fragile, but it, they're the blanks hmm. for telegraphs for people to write in. And so then you give it to the guy uh -huh. and then they send it out as a telegram. I'm going to post a picture of it to my so Instagram you bought it soon. Then. I will. Oh, God, yeah. I okay. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Because I thought I got to post a picture of this thing because it just made me laugh. As yeah. soon as I saw it, I picked it up and I went, how many, how much do we talk about this on the podcast about telegrams? The and then time. someone sent me one, which was Awesome. And I have it now. Yeah, I awesome. know. And so now I've got a whole book of blank telegram sheets. We oh, have to start. I meant to them. tell you about that. And I forgot. That could be a Patreon tier. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we could give, send you a telegram. But anyway, um, so I'm sorry. It Go did, ahead and finish. Until next time. Goodbye. So long. See you later. Thanks, guys. All right. I think that was good. God.